Love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode 17. Today I'm joined with a beautiful past client of mine. Her name is Jane Robertson and she is the founder and designer at Millwoods. Now Jane is based in Wagga Wagga and she designs and crafts beautiful high quality shoes for busy and stylish women. I've got several pairs of them and they're amazing. And Jane is the perfect example of never giving up, even when the chips are down. She started Millwoods as a a kid's shoe brand and actually pivoted to women's shoes almost two years ago when she realized that kids' shoes wasn't working for her and she needed to change in order for her business to be successful. I've had the pleasure to work with Jane for about six months and I've loved watching her business bloom along with her confidence and self-belief. We chat all things about investing yourself and investing in your business, the importance of keeping your customers as a top priority and getting to know them and catering to their wants and needs and building a loved and trusted brand and what she has in her marketing mix right now. This is a really lovely chat with a very warm, open and honest Jane and you really do need a pair of her snofers or loafers in your life. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Welcome, Jane. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how are you? We have a few technical glitches, but hey, it wouldn't be a modern working day without technical glitches. Absolutely not. I think it's fair to say that we're um we're off to buy some new tech in a minute. So <laughs> yes, tech it up, I say. Yeah. So for our lovely listeners, why don't you introduce yourself and what you do? And yeah, what you sell. All right. So I'm Jane. I'm the founder and owner of a now a women's shoe label called Millwood Shoe. Oh, Millwood. I think I started this whole process probably about five or six years ago when I couldn't find shoes for my son. And in hindsight, it probably would have been a lot cheaper to just purchase a pair of shoes that I found in America for $160 for an 18-month-old. But as any sane mother does with one child on the ground, pregnant with another, you just start your own business because, you know, that's what you do, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. So three and a half years ago, we went live on a children's footwear brand where we were very niche doing leather moccasins for kids only. And the kids kept telling their parents how much they loved the shoes. And then the parents started asking for, or the women in particular started asking for the shoes that the kids had. So the kids' shoes weren't doing very well because they were so niche and it takes a huge amount of money to get noticed in a footwear, in footwear anyway, let alone a very niche footwear market. I was seriously considering wrapping the business up and I went, you know what, throw caution in the wind, why not we just throw some more money at it and <laughs> did a range of women's shoes and they sold out in a flash and I think we're on our 10th or 11th reorder. 
it's just been 18 months of I'm not yep you just I just hit it and now we are no longer doing kids shoes we've only got about 200 pairs of kids shoes to go and then we will only solely produce women's shoes it's such an interesting and crazy journey you've been on so to put in perspective you've got three kids now you're you're a business a female founded business from the bush so whereabouts are you based so um, my largest closest town is Wagga Wagga so that's in between Sydney and Melbourne inland but I live just outside of a little town called Coolman, we're about 10Ks out of there and about 40Ks from Wagga. So Coolman's got about 2,000 people, two, two and a half thousand people. Great cheese factory there if anyone wants some cheese if they're ever driving to Coolman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so it, it's not just, as well. yeah, yeah, and having a business based in the bush, oh, I don't know how else you can <laughs> describe it, rural, regional, yep. you know, business is hard enough as it is but juggling three kids and based rurally like I know that's been a challenge for you like a lot of the time because it's like okay finding the right people to work with that are in your area yeah postage yeah Yeah. all that kind of stuff so and and starting everything just that little bit harder it does and starting a business doing one product then completely pivoting well you know it's a complete pivot a a completely different target market new design new everything so what did you so how long ago was that? 18 months. Yeah. Well, our first shipment landed about October 2019 as a women's shoe. So yeah, we're 18 months ago and our business is totally different. But like I remember and this is a like I, I think I've probably we had a great month last month and do nothing spectacular. It's not like we had a major sale or, you know, we had a really quick flash sale on one pair of shoes and that was about it. And I turned around and I said to my husband, I was like, I remember when I had $60 in my bank account and I had to still pay, I think I had to pay insurance, the product insurance, the public liability insurance. I was like, I've no idea how I'm going to do this. And then I look at it and go, holy shit, what has happened in those 18 months? <laughs> yeah, it's quite... Well, you've worked quite very hard. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I find it really Why difficult you- to verbalise, I think, because I'm literally mm. so taken aback by it at times. And it's everything coming together. And I had a conversation with somebody this week. And they're like, oh, you're such an overnight success. I was like, Millwood is absolutely anything but an overnight success. Yes. It's refining the recipe. It's going back out, testing another method. It's adding new things into the mix to see what happens. It's so complex. And it is not just something that has happened overnight by any means. And, well, I can tell you because I'm awake most nights. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and nothing happens but a lot of thinking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, by no means you're an overnight success and there is very rarely overnight successes. It's, I think it's a myth, to be honest. You know, oh, totally. You've been going for five years and, yeah, gone back to the drawing board halfway through yeah. and turned your business around. So what do you think you got right? Let's start there. Like I guess it's... From an outsider's point of view, uh-huh. you've got a wonderful brand, but your product is ridiculously high quality and yep. so well designed. Do you, um, what do you think right? that has been? I think I have never worked in a retail store, Lisa. Never worked in retail. I know nothing about fashion design. I think what works in my favour is that I ask lots and lots of questions and I had really, really high standards. So if I'm going to put my name to something, I have to make sure that it lives up to my expectations to start with because if I was going to pay for that, then I want this to happen or I want to feel like this or 
I don't want to walk out of here feeling that I've just spent $180 on a pair of shoes and, you know, they're ruined in two minutes. And being comfortable because, like, it, I was talking to our copywriter the other day and it's a bit of a joke. Like, I was known for being able to run in a pair of stilettos and I could run because I used to do was quite corporate and used to run boards and things like that and I would literally run in stilettos. So for me to then all of a sudden have three children and to be like, shit, I still want to look really good, but I literally have to sprint after these three kids. I, it, I was like, how do I do this? Because I'm not a sneaker person. Even though, like, everybody loves them, I'm not a sneaker person. I just don't do laces. They slow me down. So I think when I think about Millwoods and what I got right is I really talk to people who wear them. I listened when we went to markets. I spent a lot of time talking to customers. And a bit of that helped because when back in the day when I did used to work for Holden, I was in the market research team. So I paid, like I knew how to pay attention to what they were asking and what they were saying and how that, how it made them feel. And then I just kept asking questions until I feel like the, as woohoo as you see, until the universe kind of, the right people just arrived with me. And I kept asking and I kept asking for help. And I'm certainly not afraid of asking for help or asking for opinions because like I can sit there and say that this is what I want and this is, you know, amazing. But if no one's going to buy what I want, then why am I doing it? So it's got to be a bit of both in terms of what I believe style is and then couple that with what the market is actually asking and how they want to see it. And I think being in business is the loneliest, most soul-destroying thing you can do. But then on a dime, it is literally unbelievably rewarding at the same time. Possibly quite like having children yeah. as I'm watching my girlfriend through the window this year, literally muzzling my children because <laughs> they want to come in the door. <laughs> um, that is so right. Yeah, think, At one minute it can be, like questions um, and you know, soldier story and then the second. Mm. Yeah, and just not being afraid to hear bad stuff because you, the good stuff happens on the other side of the bad stuff and you can't change anything if you don't hear the bad stuff. I love that. Yeah, yeah and going back to what you were saying about listening to your customers and that is a brilliant piece of advice and I'm currently creating content around that for students in my new course around how to create a message based on what your customers are saying and it's the best piece of research or piece of information that you're ever going to get because it's from their mouths and and why wouldn't you want to lean into that yeah and yeah asking about what they were feeling before they had your shoes or you know what were they looking for and then on the other side of it, what are the words that they're using to describe how much they love your shoes now that they've got them? Correct. Because love is a word that comes a lot for us. Like it's really interesting. Yes. What that actually means because, oh, I love that, but why do you love that? And mm. working out why they love them, that was like kind of difficult. Now I just like I really enjoy getting on the emails or getting on the DMs and actually talking with them. So a lot of people think that, oh, you know, I think they think that brands are sometimes bigger than what they are, but the buck stops with me on pretty much everything. I only recently, two weeks ago, got somebody to start coming and helping me two days a week for two hours a day. So I do everything mm. except the two, the four hours a week where I get help, and that's with help picking and packing because I genuinely believe handwriting those notes and people being in touch and knowing that they are actually picked by some really lovely people in the middle of a farm <laughs> Not far from, yeah. you know, we're 40 k's from the post office. That's what makes us special is that we actually care about the parcels going out. Yeah, for sure. And 
you know, you're probably at that stage of business because I've known you for a while now and I've worked with you for a while now. Yeah. You're definitely at that stage where you do need to start carving off those tasks and delegating in order to grow. And back to your point before, you you haven't been shy about asking for help. So maybe that's something we could talk about. Who are the people that you've brought into your village that have helped you go in the grow in the past like 18 months? So um, Katie, who helps me source all my letters and the designs and draw up everything that comes out of my head, she essentially, she makes my visions come to life and then together we work with the factories. So if I didn't have Katie, I don't know, we probably could be under 12, 18 months, two years behind because it was probably going to take that long to develop the product. Then we also, another person that I have is a podiatrist that I work with. He's a really good friend of ours in town and he just, Every time I design a new shoe, I run it past him. And we are not at the dietary range, but I just like to make sure that we're not, you know, people aren't buying shoes that are necessarily bad for their feet. So I make sure they've got a few key markers in place in terms of like our loafers. They do come up at the the instep, which is the top of the foot, a little higher, and they can be more difficult to get on initially. But once they're on, they stay there. So therefore, your toes aren't clawing um, and your foot's at rest. So they're comfortable to wear for a longer period of time. And then probably one of the biggest ones, which is, I just think this is amazing in terms of generosity of people as well. We have a really amazing company in town called BD Bags. They're a national bag company and they make paper bags and they bring in about 40 shipping containers a month into Wagga and distribute them all over Australia. It's a huge business. And Bruce, who owns that business, has pretty much been by my side every step of the way because I try to keep as much as I can about our product Australia in Australia and or Australia as we can. Unfortunately, I cannot get shoes made in Australia. And he has been, in terms of negotiating and just liaising in terms of logistics and how China works, how to get the best deals, where you go and how you go and how you approach it and and negotiation, all that sort of thing. Bruce is just phenomenal. Those three people, I think, have been so integral into even getting it, even to get the children's shoes off the, off the ground and then to then flip that into the women's. It, it's really heartwarming to have people like that around because they are, they're selfless in themselves and they genuinely want to see other people succeed as well. So they do what they can to help. That's amazing because, you know, that's probably the hardest, one of the hardest parts and barriers for women to grow their business is knowing the manufacturing side of thing and sourcing and getting the right product at the right price you know the marketing is almost easy compared to those hurdles Mm. how have you found that what's been the easiest and the hardest part of the business for me I actually think the marketing side's been the hardest part because I think I literally tapped into Katie when she had space as well like when I found Katie who's my sourcing agent she was living in Hong Kong and she was literally right there and she was visiting factories for me. So I actually haven't even been to China. And we got the first the children's shoes and the first run of the women's off the ground and then she moved back to Brisbane. And, yeah, I didn't find the development overly hard because I think talking to Katie, an Australian woman, it was just so, like, she just got it. And I was, you know, buying different types of things and sending them to her and going, no, but I want this tiny little section from that. I want that on our shoe and I want it like this. And then having her, she could speak Mandarin, like she just made it happen. And then to then, I think, finding your your crowd, your people, your supporters, to me, that was really hard because in my head, I was just going to make their shoes and people were just going to buy them. 
And <laughs> it is absolutely nothing like that. I actually think in hindsight, the money that I spent on buying the shoes, I needed probably double that to get it off the ground, to market mm. it properly. I think people underestimate the cost and the time requirement behind your marketing efforts to really get these going and to see a return on your investment probably within two years, three years. Yeah, I don't think people value the, the money or the effort required to market a product enough. It is astronomical. It's true. And and it's it's a business not for the faint-hearted. And if you're not prepared to invest in yourself and in your products and in your marketing, then don't even start. Yeah. Because it's not yeah, it's not something that you can click your fingers. And that's why you know I'm so amazed by women like yourself that have done it while juggling everything, you know, put their heart and soul on the line. And, yeah, two, three, four years down the line, it's starting to pay off big time. Yeah, and, look, Lisa, I sort of, I have these moments every now and then where I look back and go, why, like, when you people go, I remember why you did it, and you're sitting there going, why did I really do this? And I look at it and go, I did it because I didn't feel valued and I was, I did it because I couldn't find flexibility. I couldn't, there were so many reasons about why you own your own business as to when I went into it, and I did that really naively not knowing, like, I'm a really hard worker and I've always had two or three jobs and, you know, I've always kind of been this overachiever and, you know, have to do all this stuff. But owning your own business is absolutely next level and it's 24 hours a day, 365. And I don't, and I think, yeah, walking away from a job because literally after eight years I was like, I was in health running and I was like, it doesn't matter what we do, we're not changing any percentage points. You know, in our region, we're spending millions and millions of dollars trying to help people and we're not getting anywhere. Mm. And I just got really jack of that because I was like, we're all trying so hard, but we're not getting anywhere. And it's like, well, we just started. And I did, you know, like I feel like I've done what a lot of mums have done. Like I joined the multi-level marketing company and I was doing the party plan stuff. And, you know, you're just trying to get out of that. And then, yeah, these shoes just came along. And for some reason, I don't know what it was. I was just going to do it come hell high water. It's just, yeah. And then you go, holy hell, what have I really done? <laughs> well, and also it linked back to your own style ethos because I remember our first chat when I was digging into your business and your brand, you know, what, what's the story? You were telling me about a handbag that you bought like eight years ago, you know, a really high-quality leather handbag, but you, you, know, you brought it out maybe once a year or a couple of times a year and then you put it back back again because you believed in having really good quality pieces that you can mix and match with maybe lower price pieces, for Correct. example. But yeah. you'll feel great and it's classic style, reuse it, you know, choose well, buy less, that kind of thing. Yeah. I feel that's a big part of Millwood's, that classic style that can take you from lunch right through to school pickup. And because I'm wearing a pair of your snofers now, you can wipe them down. The other day I just grabbed some spray and wipe of some description, yeah. spray them and with a paper towel, and they're brand new again. Yeah. And I think that's why so many women say that they love your shoes because they they look really good, but they're incredibly practical. Mm, yeah, and you need and that. that's hard to find. Well, anybody like that needs that. Nobody has time to sit there. Like I often think back and I... I probably should have been born in a different era because I remember, because well, I grew up in Gunnedah, sort of like in between both Sydney and Brisbane, but inland. And I remember when mum and dad took us to Sydney and the shoe shine people, 
I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, look at those beautiful shoes. But who has time to stop and get your shoes shined? And who even Men. does that anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> who even does that anymore? Like, I remember, like, my dad still cleaned his boots every day. But mm. I don't, like, my husband, and he, like, he is getting dressed in dress. You know, he, he well, he's a pilot and he, you know, has to look pretty decent in his uniform. And I don't remember the last time I saw him shine his boots. And it's mm. that hair where you go, it has to be really easy and things have to, they have to look good for a long time because people don't have the time to spend, you know, doing what I think, I suppose, what I grew up with. And I don't have, certainly don't have the time to do it. I wait until everything's yeah. rubbing and then I just do get those good old magic erasers out and they just fix my life. Yeah, I need to get one of them. I think that's another layer of Millwoods is that it's got that like old country values or old Australian values of some sort that, you know, you can trust that you'll spend your money on something and it's going to give you what you wanted. Like yeah. it's going to deliver on a promise. Yeah, quality. Yeah, quality. quality. Really, yeah. 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 So for someone who says, I don't know, you say this, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, Lisa. You really <laughs> do know what you're doing because... Every part of it has it comes together like a puzzle. There's a there's a rhyme and yeah, reason to everything that you've created, and you know it's easy to see that from the outside. I guess it's harder to see it. From the yeah, and I think that's the mm-hmm. thing because you just every day is a step, and you sort of sit here and I look backward and I go, how, what, how, how did this happen? <laughs> and you sort of go, well, obviously I've done it all, but how did this happen? And I don't know that I could really go back and go. Someone came to go, I want to start my own shoe label. I was like, right, okay, how do, how do we do this? Yeah, it just, you just every day, one step, one foot in front of the other, you just keep going. And and I think that's the thing is that I don't want to be caught out. I want to, if someone wants to ask me a question, I want to know that I've got the answer and it's the right answer and I'm not going to lie to anyone about that. I'm pretty upfront. So that's where, you know, asking the questions and making sure we've got the answers and things are ironed out, it just, yeah, it might take a little bit longer. And I'm okay with putting pushing pause on production if it means that something's not right. Because I feel mm. like also in today's world, you know, the customer is, they're asking for more all the time and they want you to be punching out new releases like all the time. They're constantly chasing something new. But I'm okay with, I suppose, going slow. I'm okay with doing it my way. And so if mm. I'm not ready to put something out to the public, I won't do it. So, for instance, I got some really beautiful, well, the slot, they, we've got, we just released a pointed flat. And in my head, I was just going to do those in a loafer. So I sent those off. We had, because I had this beautiful leather that I just bought. I didn't even have a reason to make the shoes out. It was like, that leather is coming home with me. And I had them all made in the loafers and I put them on. And I was like, they're just not going to work. They're not soft enough. The leather's going to wear the wrong way. The, the shoe just wasn't going to work. And I'd sort of done all these really awesome sneak peeks. I think this was just before I started working with you. And I was like, I sort of, you know, done the polls online. I was like, oh, I just, yep, I can't do this. So I totally just pulled them and went with a completely different shape that in hindsight I think has worked so well. But it just took six or seven months longer to produce a product when I feel, felt like my my market was asking for it as well. So I kept going, when are you doing this? And I get emails a lot of the time, when are you doing this? Why, why don't you do this? When are you doing that? And it, I just do it when I'm ready. And I also do it when because – this is solely funded by Andrew and I. So when we've saved money, we go again. Yeah. And that's also one of the things about small businesses. As soon as you, so for instance, last year, because my husband flies for a regional airline, he was on job, he's been on JobKeeper for 12 months. And yes, we live on a farm, but we had drought for three or four years before that. So yes, we had a good season this last season, but, and then 
I've been investing everything into this business and it's sort of like, so you don't get, the bank won't touch you. So you have to find a way to expand your business without a bank and without other, you know, like you just, you just find ways when you really believe in something. And I think I really trust my gut with all of this. And that and when I like send you an email every now and then going, I'm having a flip out moment. <laughs> and <laughs> yourself that I feel like you get into trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or if you start, yeah, I mean, your gut is is so such a good indicator. And so is your heart, you know, you knew in your heart that those shoes weren't right. So you, you trusted yourself and you believed in yourself. And also I love that you don't, you're not constantly looking at what other businesses are doing or, you know, comparing or thinking that you have to tack when everybody else is tax. You know what I mean? Like you've got, as a small business, you've got to do things your way. And the beauty of that is that you will then magnetize the audience, you know, you're not fast fashion or fast shoes. You know, they can go buy their a million different cheaper versions whenever from big corporations. Yeah. But the, the women that want that classic, well thought out, well designed, well produced Australian business, they'll come to you. So doing things your way can work for you. It's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, I think it's just, but it's also just like I just keep the conversation open. Because mm. at the moment, I just literally this morning, because we haven't, we've literally only done pointed flats and loafers. And this morning, I got photos for our samples that are on their way next week for a summer <laughs> range. And there's like slides and mules and sandals oh and things. I was like sitting there going, oh my God, like this is so exciting that, you know, like all these people who've been asking me and like they want red, they want green, they want pink. And I'm sitting there going, oh my God, within the next 12 months, you're all going to have it. Like it's so nice. Yeah, that's so cool. You can all have it soon. Just keep being patient with me. Yeah. Well, they're definitely patient and they're definitely uh, loyal to you because, you know, over the past six months, you've released a couple of different styles while we've been working together and, you know, they sell, they, they fly off the shelves. And I think that, you know, that, that trust and that communication that you have had with your audience is really helping. Loyal is something that they really are. And I'm, my customers mean so much to me, really, really do mean a lot to me because it, my, re- my repeat customer rate is, it's huge. And I genuinely, when I like, because I handwrite all the notes that go with it still, like I literally love it. I go, oh, we're back again. Or, you know, and I, I write these little notes to people and I know, like I know their order history. So I can sit there and, um, mm. yeah, I can see their journey as well. It's nice. Yeah. So would that be, uh, you know, a key takeaway for someone listening today is keep your customers close, get to know them and cater to their their needs if you can very definitely yeah because I think the more that you listen like you know I'm not I'm not out there to be a um I don't even know what shoe brands come to like you know Nike or Adidas you know those big brands those things I can sell I just if I look after my customer I'll always sell shoes if I look after my customer and I'm and I'm really really good on my product my shoes will sell and Mm. I think it's that relationship is just so vital and I think also people are yearning to feel a connection with who they're buying from and like I you know when while we work together you know how I've struggled to get my face onto Instagram and those sorts of things Mm -hmm. and I think because I sit here and go 
know, I don't want 50 million videos of my kids and stuff on Instagram. I'm quite happy to put them on there every now and then. But, you know, that's not what Millwood's like. It is about it, but it's not what it's about. You know, there might be, you know, some grandmas out there who go, I'm so sick of seeing my grandchildren this week because I'm looking after them. I don't want to jump on Instagram and find pictures of more children with my favourite brand. So I'm very conscious of that. And I think if letting people in to see the journey in a way that I think, you know, unfolds for me. And as I've found photographers or videographers and those sorts of things, I think we're getting there so people can actually see the journey as as it unfolds. And yeah, they get to see a bit more about us, really. Or well, one of them, Willa, my three-year-old, she tends to come everywhere with us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you we're starting to see more of you which makes me very happy yeah yeah I'm getting a little more comfortable with it which is nice um, yeah you'll be a pro (laughs) you're getting there so why don't we talk talk a little bit about your marketing mix now so what have you got going on right so we kind of feel like in the last two months we've kind of really hit our straps so we do a lot of electronic marketing so newsletters going out so I feel we've got a very solid back end of Clavio now in terms of flows of emails. So that's with abandoned carts, welcome series, post-purchase flows. We haven't heard from you for a while, branded browse abandonment. Browse abandonment. I'm going to say that one quickly. So we have some really strong flows going on, which is great. And then we're also sort of have three emails going out a week, which since we've started doing three emails a week, I feel like that's helping us gain a little more traction. That and then... I think let's call it persistence is now becoming consistent, if that sort of Mm -hmm. makes sense. Because Mm -hmm. I suppose six months ago when I came to you, I didn't even have the headspace. I might have sent an email once a three months, once a month, if we were lucky. And I didn't certainly didn't have any of those flows set up. So, you know, sort of growing up, I think it's really important in terms of business in like really getting a grip on it so that you can then sort of see that. So that's the email and newsletters are one thing. Then I only started doing Facebook ads in April last year. So just as COVID hit, I didn't bother learning it myself because I just didn't have the headspace for it. So I just went, you know what, I'm going to go straight to someone who I'd been watching for about 12 to 18 months. I've been watching this woman who also has an online clothing label and I'd watched her do it. And it was, again, it's serendipity. It came across me at my desk at the same time where she had space to take somebody on. And look, she just went gangbusters with my Facebook ads. So between Facebook and Instagram there, so we've got those running. Then my all-time favourite thing being Google AdWords and that course that Katie Griffin Yeah. Did. That is, I cannot speak highly enough about that or Katie. Like it's just the most phenomenal course. And I think that's why I also, knowing what it took me to get a grasp on Google ads and how well Katie does the course, that's why I didn't bother with Facebook ads. I was like, I just do, I didn't have the headspace as COVID hit and, you know, we had such massive changes in our family to then go and do, learn another thing and try and be a master of another thing. So, but those Google ads are just awesome. So we've got newsletters, we've got Facebook advertising, we've got Google AdWords. Our socials, I think, are one thing that have really developed over the last little while and that consistency in terms of the look and getting that right is, it's an art form, an absolute Mm -hmm. art form, getting that right and then also talking to the customer in a way where they want to start talking back to you is really because then you know you've got all these things with the algorithm and trying to play that game and asking questions and asking things of your customers so that the algorithm likes you such a game in itself as well so we have that I think that's probably the four sort of key areas that we really do yeah and and that's enough really because 
that on its in itself is a lot. You know, uh, you, you're using two forms of paid advertising. You're you know using organic marketing and then email marketing. It's it's a really good solid mix, and I think that's that's a great thing to focus on yeah. that solid mix rather than going okay, I've got to try Pinterest, I've got to try influence marketing. You know, it's it is okay just to focus on some really solid returning. Yeah, look, you and I have had lots of discussions about influencers, and I sit there and go, like, it does run through my head about influencers, and I'm really honest about this in terms of. I don't have the time to sit there and build these relationships with these influencers to get noticed. And as much as I would mm. love to, you know, have our shoes on summit, like, oh my God, there are so many people I could name to do this, but I don't have the time to do that. And I'm a really upfront person. And as much as it is, like, I'm probably, if that was an, if that, for me and for Millwood, if influencer marketing is something, a road that we end up going down, it would probably be all paid. And I'm going to be really honest about that because I don't, I don't have the time to sit there and invest 12 months in building a relationship with somebody to get them to wear my shoes. And I think that the mum and dad, the mum walking down the street there at that school gate and standing at the school gate is just as valuable as that person on Instagram who's got 150,000 followers because they both need to be comfortable. Yes, well, there's a quote for the day. (laughs) Heard it here first from Jane. Because literally a mum standing at a school gate almost has as much vocal power yeah. as somebody who's got 150,000 followers. Because if you piss a mum off, totally I can tell yeah. you, it doesn't <laughs> Look matter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Totally. Your customers are just as vocal and influential. Like I know when I posted about your, when I was wearing your shoes, I had probably like five or six mums, you know, business friends as well, message me going, that's it. I've been influenced. I have to go buy a pair of these shoes now. And it's true, influencer marketing is going to work if you do have that desire and passion for connecting with influencers, micro, large ones online, or you could just go, you know what, my time is better spent on X, Y, and Z. So, And you can make those decisions. You don't have to be everywhere and be doing everything just because other brands are doing it. The important thing here, Lisa, is that we've built up to this. I haven't, Mm. I didn't do this. We're operate like it's we might be five years going, but we've our website's been live for three and a half years. So like we have built up to doing just that. And I think when people start a business, you know, they have to do everything. And I think mm. it's just be comfortable with doing something and then step it up as you can manage it. Because mm-hmm. we're our own worst enemy and say, like, oh my God, I need to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And I think you do some of the things really well then you'll end up doing all the things, but you can end up doing all the things in years. It doesn't have to be weeks or months. Totally. Oh, you're making me very happy. I'm a very happy marketing <laughs> coach right now hearing you say this. Um, I feel like I'm telling you all back to you and it's just coming off my tongue. I know. It's you're actually doing this though happy. too. Oh, yeah. Look, and, and it's, yeah. Yeah, but it's so great for other women to hear this. You know, you've, you've, you're, you've been in the trenches. You're now starting to reap the rewards and... People need to hear that it does get easier and focus is a good thing and invest in yourself, have faith in yourself, keep going and, you know, you'll come out on top. Yeah, and I think that is like don't ever be afraid to ask for help and there's heaps of free help out there but the things that I've invested in, like, you know, the time that we've spent together and the courses like Katie Griffith's course, those sorts Mm. of things, 
And I think when I invest, I invest well and back yourself with that because, like, you know, I look, there's so many courses and there's so many people out there. But I feel like our time together has done wonders, if anything, for my confidence and knowing mm-hmm. what we're doing and being really clear about that. And yeah, investing in that is because it's also investing in asking more questions and asking yeah. them the right way. Yeah, well, you're investing in yourself, really. Like, it's the knowledge that you're going to have to take yourself further. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. you're going to le- need less and less help as you go because you're learning from, you know, professionals. I reckon you might be on the screen for a while yet. <laughs> That's all right. I'm always here for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jane, and Pleasure. really appreciate your honesty and you know, ladies, if you need some good quality, long-lasting, comfy shoes, go to Millwoods. You need a pair. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much. All right. We'll catch you soon. Bye. Bye.